It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. You're saying, get back together, come back and see me. Welcome back to Home Ice Advantage. My name is, of course, Colin, and I have been gone for one week. I had a cold, much like everyone else, and I didn't feel well, so I didn't want to do a podcast. I didn't sound great, so I didn't want to do a podcast. I ultimately decided to wait until today, Saturday, to release another episode, and that way I would be fully back, 100%, and I would have loads to talk about. And I do! In fact, in that week I was away, there have been two players, two forwards, to get hat tricks. So what I've decided is I'm going to start taking one week off every month so that Andrei Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo can just start, you know, collecting hat tricks. There have been five games since my absence. We'll talk about all of them briefly, just some touch points. Uh, we'll talk some news, and then I will preview the Carolina Hurricanes game against Colorado. Let's get into it. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage, with historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes. This is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. The first game I missed was against Tampa Bay last Thursday. The Hurricanes win in the shootout 4-3. If you don't remember, and it's totally possible you don't because there's been a lot of games since then, it was our third overtime win in a row. But, you know, points are points. We still got our two, so whatever, we'll roll with it. And this also appeared to be a game where Sebastian Ajo, Sebastian Ajo takes a lot of crap because he can't score on a breakaway which is mostly true by the way like historically he could not score on the breakaway but you know who ends up winning this game sebastian ajo let's see if he can get a shootout goal in the game's action ajo slows it down back in oh he scores andre vasilevsky little faked out of his equipment there and ajo sends carolina home with the for those of you who either haven't seen it or need a refresher because it's been over a week, Sebastian takes it, um, I don't know, low glove high. Maybe he's going to go for a backhand. Maybe he's going to go for a, a five hole. Who knows? And Andrei Fe- uh, Svechikov, wow. All Russians are the same to me. Anyways, Andrei Vasilevsky bites and he follows Andre to glove side. Oh my god, what is with me and Andre's right now? I'm sorry. He follows Sebastian glove side. We're done confusing players. And Aho, like the absolute champion that he is, quickly brings it around Vasilevsky's pads and easily taps it in right past him. There's a glorious picture of it circulating on the internet that you should go find. It's actually the background of my phone right now. But it's a little funny, because up until that point, the three home games into the season against Columbus, the Islanders, and Washington, Sebastian Ajo had no points at home. I actually wrote about it in my storylines piece that I released on Substack before the game. You know, you should probably go read that. 
link down below. But not my point. He had no no points in the previous three home games of the season. And I mean, he was he was a point a game player. He was just so active on the road that he he seemed to lose his magic while in Pinsy Arena. And all of that changed the very next night against Buffalo. Against Jeff Skinner, which, by the way, again, uh, something I brought up in the storylines piece, Jeff Skinner had never been held scoreless in PNC Arena since he was traded. Had, it had never been done. And all of his seven games since he was traded to Buffalo, he had at least one point. Whether it was a goal or an assist, doesn't matter. But he had at least one point. He appeared on the score sheet in every game. And two magical things happened. One is, you know, we don't care about Jeff Skinner's chip on his shoulder about being traded, about being not valued here, or whatever he would say. I honestly might not say any of that. But obviously, you know, you always want to do really good against the team that traded you. And he remained scoreless. He did not appear on the score sheet for the first time since he was traded. And remember Sebastian Alho, the same guy who was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to get any points at home this season. That feels dumb. Screw that. Well, he decided just to get a hat trick. It would be the second of the season for the team. Andrei Svechnikov had previously gotten one in Edmonton, a course against the Oilers, and now Sebastian Ajo picks up one at home against Buffalo. And, you know, if you look at the stat, if you just look at the score, it's a 5-3 game, and you think, well, that's not that bad. You know, we didn't completely dominate them. But oh, contrary, because we did. We actually did dominate them. It was, if it wasn't for a, a, you know, final second, literally, when I say final second, I mean final second goal by Darlene, who's been hot all season, it would have been a 2-5 game, and it would have shown our true dominance. And this part doesn't really matter, but I think, I wanted to point it out. Because Auntie Ranta leaves the ice fucking pissed. And excuse my language there, I've been trying to swear less. But I, I need it to be known how mad he was leaving the ice. He slammed his stick. And, I mean, he, he literally had to be, like, consoled by Jacob Slavin because he was very unhappy that he allowed that final second goal. Which, to be real, like, if I'm in net and we're winning this game uh, 2-5 and you get a last-second goal against me, I don't know if I care. I 100% don't think I care because I, I already won. At most, you're messing up my goals against average or my save percentages, which is nice and all. And, you know, if you want to win some type of trophy this year, which Auntie Ranta will not, those are important. But ultimately, you did your job. You, your team has the two points. You performed well. Let's move on. But I enjoyed that Auntie Ranta was upset because he wants to win. He wants to be the very best like no one else before Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and... He, he's so upset that he allowed that final second goal. And he wasn't the only one. Calv Dahan also slammed his stick while leaving the ice because both of them were disgusted with themselves for allowing that final second goal. A goal I don't care about. Whatever, if Buffalo needs that, Buffalo needs that. And while flying high, everything's great. We're going to move on to Toronto at home. And you know what, guys? Toronto has not been playing well, I'll have you know. In fact, there has been quite a few, I don't know, let's say dust-ups in the media between Sheldon Keith and Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews, and, you know, it's just, 
uh, there's a lot going on in Toronto. Though I mean, there always is. It is the largest fan base in the NHL and in one of the largest markets in the NHL. So a lot of ink gets spilt over the Toronto Maple Leafs. But in this case, they are actually playing very poorly. Like, just incredibly poorly. Um, yeah, they're just not playing well. Like, <laughs> I don't know a better way to say this. But again, they are—they have the largest fan base and one of the largest markets in the NHL. So it is headline news when the Toronto Maple Leafs don't play well when you have people like Nylander and Marnor and Matthews. So, you know, hopefully when they come to Carolina, we beat them. 100%, hopefully we beat them. In fact, we, we probably should have beat them. We were in our um, reverse retros, which I will touch on by the end of this game. And there was no, we have no reason to lose this game. In fact, stop me if you've heard this one before, but we actually scored first. Um, Stefan Nason, uh, eight minutes into the first period on the power play, which, you know, that's exercising some demons there. And everything's looking hunky-dory. We should win this game up by one now at home. Uh, we even got a power play goal. That's not easy for us. We have a not great power play. So everything should be fine. We even kept Toronto to only four shots in the opening frame to our 11. That's, that's good hockey, guys. That is good hockey. So we're going to come out in the second period. We'll dominate. You know, We'll pop in another one, hopefully. And then we'll do the same in the third. Win 3 nothing. Then go home and sleep in our own beds tonight. Because, yay, we're at home. Um... That's not what happens. Toronto scores in the second period to tie the game, and then uh, Tavares and Nylander both get goals in the third period, making it a 3-1 game. We lose, whatever, not going to focus on it. It's fine, we'll just go play the Panthers. Eric Stahl's going to be there, that's going to be fun. And no offense to Paul Maurice, love Chairman Mo, great guy. Uh, he is not the best at getting everything out of his players. I'm just going to leave that one where it is, and say that we should have beat the Florida Panthers. They have not met expectations this season, and we have a good chance of beating them. There also just so happens to be a hurricane bearing down on Florida as the game starts, which is poetic in two ways. The first one being that we are the Carolina Hurricanes, and there was a hurricane attacking Florida as we went down to play hockey. Funny, you know. Hopefully no one was injured. I don't know. So I, I shouldn't be joking about this, but it's too late. Um, and then the second one being that there was the preseason game that was canceled because of Hurricane Ian, what, not even two months ago. And now here we go trying to play another game in Florida. And I guess not the hockey gods, but the weather gods. I don't, I'm not up on my Greek goddess and gods. So the, whoever the weather god is was like, oh, nope. Doof. Another hurricane. And... Uh, if anything, I guess I'm happy that we didn't go down in the preseason. So, the Florida Panthers actually swept the season series last year. And, once again, in my uh, storyline substack thing, you should read it, link down below. Uh, I talked about how streaky these teams have been for a little while now. So, yes... Florida swept the season series last season. The season before that, we didn't lose a single game in regulation against them. And then the season before that, we didn't beat them at all. So it's it's literally switching back and forth about which team dominates per season. And, you know, things look good for us because it's our season. We should dominate, right? Um, no. Just no. Spencer Knight played incredibly. Um, I'll give that to him. Mainly because 
they won in a shootout, and Spencer Knight had to stop 40 shots on goal. And it's not that we didn't have chances. There was there was more than a few times where I was like, oh my god, look at us, trying to win a hockey game. But it, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, Nick Cousins scores 9 minutes and 21 seconds into the fourth period, which is 100% on Dylan Coughlin. And I try my best here not to single out a single player and be hypocritical because, first of all, all of these players are much better at hockey than I am by miles. And not even miles, by light years. They were light years ahead of me in their hockey skill. But Dylan Coughlin gives up on a play in front of the net, allows Cousins to collect the rebound, and hangs Ronta out to dry so Cousins can easily score. And... I know people have mixed feelings about this because a lot of people say, well, you know, he's riding the bench, so he shouldn't, he's not going to be as sharp as he could be. And you know what? That's 100% true. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to get, you know, these clap or power play goals, but he gave up on a play. And that's indefensible. There, there was no reason he should have given up on that play. And he left Ronta out to dry with a live puck in front of his crease. It was upsetting. And. Honestly, I, I thought we would be fine. Uh, no period, no goal in the first period, but you know that's our MO this year, and then no goal in the second period. I mean, our second periods have been much worse than our first so far. And then we allow two goals in the second, uh, sorry, the third period, one of them being an empty net, at, empty net by Sam Bennett, so I, I shouldn't really count it, but I ch- we get shut out, and I don't want to talk about it, and it breaks a bunch of streaks for us. Um, First, it was the first time we lost two games in regulation so far this season. It broke a four-game, no, five-game. It was either four or five-game scoring streak for Andrei Svechnikov, and I'm not happy. It is what it is. I'm... <sighs> Once again, we move on to Edmonton. And just a little side note here. I have Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Evander Kane on my fantasy team. Now, why do I have three players on the same team on my fantasy team? Isn't that kind of a bad idea? Yes. But Evander Kane and Connor McDavid were on the same line. So I was really looking to double up on those points. Uh, you know, if Evander Kane scores, there's a good chance that McDavid might get the assist. Or on the power play, it's actually Evander Kane with uh, Nugent Hopkins. So either way, I can double up on points here. Uh, Evander Kane is going to miss three to four months because of that freak accident of the skate on his wrists. But we're going into this game, and I feel confident. Because knowing how McDavid and Nugent Hopkins and now Evander Kane, who's injured, have been performing, it hasn't been well. They almost cost me my game last week in fantasy. So I knew they weren't playing well. And, you know, McDavid can always do McDavid-y things, and he would in this game. But ultimately, that's not what we're going to focus on, like literally at all. Because it's games like this, you know, an 82-season, an 82-game season is long. I mean, it's not nearly as long as baseball, but like, who watches baseball anymore? But 82 games is long. And through those 82 games, you need like these little adrenaline shots, which is, you know, could be... Imagine if um, Kochekov got a shutout tonight. That would have been amazing. Even if we only won 1-0, that would have been amazing. That would have been a nice adrenaline shot to get us through another 10, 15, 20 games. In this case, we hang seven goals around the neck of the Edmonton Oilers 
and their netminder, Jack Campbell. And if I have to be honest, it feels pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like, I'm not going to lie. It, it's, it's, it's a great feeling when you can hang seven goals on the Edmonton Oilers. And are they the best team in the league? <laughs> no. No, sorry. Uh, are they a good team? Yeah. Is it possible that if we made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, we could be playing the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah. I mean, not with our current goaltending, but yeah. I'm not going to talk through the entire game, mainly because I don't have a lot of time. There's only we're already 16 minutes through this, and I have some news I want to talk about. But let's you know go over some highlights here. Uh, Andre Svechikov scores with 20 seconds left in the fourth period. Everything's great. Brett Bourne scores on the power play, which we really needed because our power play is garbage. Um, Svechikov scores again in the second period. Jordan Stahl decides he wants to score with a second left in the second period. Uh, everything's going great. McDavid does McDavid things to open up the third, but it's whatever because Jordan Marinuk, and this, this goal was incredible. Go back and try to watch the highlight of this goal. Jordan Marinuk takes the shot. Jack Campbell blocks it. And then while falling to the ice, Jordan Marinuk hits the puck in the air and then pats it. Uh, pats it? No. I, we're going to go with Pat. Bats it. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Bats it into the net, right past Campbell. You, you, when you watch the replay, you can literally see Campbell's reaction of, oh, the puck. Shit. Like, it was... It's a good goal. And it's, that, that's the type of goal that Jordan Marnock's going to score. So for everyone who... You know, Jordan Marnock is uh, the worst thing since ever. No. Haven't we been over this? Yes, at the beginning of the season, these questions were here because we hadn't seen him play. But Jordan Marnock is playing better this year than he did last year. But again, let's not relitigate a conversation we've already had before. Let's just skip to Andre Svechnikov being a bamf. So Andre Svechnikov does the impossible, and he gets a second hat trick against the Edmonton Oilers for the only two games of the season. So this year, in the series, season series, Andre Svechnikov hung six goals in just two games against the Edmonton Oilers. The first time this has happened... Since the first year since relocation, 1997-1998, Sammy Kapanen would score two hat-tricks against the same team in one series season, and it just so happened to also be the Edmonton Oilers, which is funny to me. It's just funny. It's just a good time. But this game still isn't over, because Jesper Foss would get a goal, making it 7-2, to two. And this was just another right place, right time goal. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm, I'm, if I don't edit that out, I, I apologize. Just, there's going to be a weird break there. Um, again, I was sick. Uh, Jack Campbell comes out of his net to play a puck that he probably shouldn't have played. Steve Dangle reaction, 10 the goal, whatnot. And I don't even care because Jesper Frost gets a goal. Everyone's having a good time. Everything's great. Game ends. Who cares? Let's move on to some news. Do you need more friends? Do you have enough friends but feel that you may need more responsibility? Do you need a furry pal to cuddle with at the end of a long day? Well, the Wake County Animal Center has you covered. With small friends ranging from farmyard animals to small critters and everyone's favorite four-legged pals, the Wake County Animal Center has you covered when it comes to finding a new companion. In the description of this episode and all episodes going forward, there will be a link to the Wake County Animal Center photo gallery where you can view rabbits, dogs, cats, Boards, guinea pigs, I was actually shocked by this one, but chickens and roosters, which is a thing, apparently, consider adopting or fostering a friend today. That's where I got my dog, Danny, and Danny's great. Say hi, Danny. 
So the first thing I want to talk about, and forgive me, it's a little old, but, you know, excuses, excuses, excuses. Uh, it's a piece by Frank Civilian on the Daily Faceoff about Jacob Slavin. It'll be linked down below. And it was just, it was literally just an article about what we had already known for years. Shocker here, everyone. Jacob Slavin is the best, and I mean the best, true defender in the National Hockey League. And it's not that he can't make mistakes. Of course he can make mistakes. He actually made a mistake in one of these last five games. I just didn't bring it up. And this article set off a weird firestorm of Hurricanes fans being like, oh my god, I told you, he's so good, he's so good, I can't believe no one ever believed how good he was. And then a bunch of non-Hurricanes fans who were like, Jacob Slavin's overrated. He's not even that good. He's, I mean, what points does he get? Which, first of all, completely, and I mean completely, misses the point of the article. But, it, you know, it's also nice to see Jacob Slavin getting credit on a national stage. It, it's happened with the Lady Bing before. Don't get me wrong. He's been a finalist two seasons in a row. Hopefully will be for a third. But it's nice to see people talk about his defensive prowess. Because if I was... A just, you know, uh, let's say a second line, a third line center from any team. Pick a team, doesn't matter. And I'm skating into my opponent's defensive zone, and I see Jacob Slavin with his stick out just a little bit, I would shit my pants. There's no way I'm getting past Jacob Slavin. It's all over. I should retire now. Uh, it's, it's worth a read. It's linked down in the description down below. We have a few more things I wanted to touch on. Another one was that Sportico released the rankings of you know, valuations for NHL teams. And it's the first time that the average is above $1 billion, which is exciting. You know, the league's making a ton of money, and none of it gets back to the players or fans. But not my gripe here. Um, there was some news made that the Carolina Hurricanes were only the 29th most valuable team in the league at $615 million, below the Buffalo Sabres, Ottawa Senators, San Jose Sharks. In fact, the only teams that we were more valuable than or the Columbus Blue Jackets at $600 million, the Florida Panthers at $595 million, and a shocker to no one, the least valuable team in the league, Arizona Coyotes at $465 million. A couple things I wanted to mention in this discussion, because I didn't see it anywhere. Arizona is a fake number. $465 million is probably its true value at this very moment. But... That's because they play in a college arena. They produce almost no money, and they don't own anything. So the reason Toronto is so valuable is not only because, you know, largest fan base owned by a media company. It's because they own their building. They own buildings around their building. And that's, that's true for a lot of teams. They own the entertainment complexes around their building, which brings me back to the Carolina Hurricanes valuation of $615 million, which, if you're interested, is $195 or $185 million more than what Tom Dundon paid for it back in 2018, which is $420 million. But the reason I wanted to touch on it and point something out is because that $615 million valuation, first of all, is really good. You know, picking up $185 million worth of valuation in five years is, is good. Some teams can pick up more, but they were already worth more than we were. Once we build the expansion of PNC Arena, we update PNC Arena and build that entertainment district, we will be... That would be... I shouldn't... I won't make any money off of it. Neither will you. But the Carolina Hurricanes organization will be stakeholders in that. They will be partial owners of that, which means their valuation 
will skyrocket. And, you know, for you non-real estate agents in North Carolina, uh, it is a very good time to own real property in Raleigh. So, just keep that part in mind. We should not remain at the bottom of the list much longer. I would say in five years, we're probably going to be middle of the pack. And then in 10, 15 years, we could be top third. Uh, that's a little bit of a reach, but I also believe in Tom Dundon's business acumen. So I'm going to say top third of the league. Staying with the team leadership management thing. This actually came out today, which I thought was really cool. So I want to add to the show really quick. Is Zoomph, Z-O-O-M-P-H, which is a um, analytics for uh, sports and media channels through social media. So they, they run analytics on social media pages for sports teams and media companies. And through the first month of the NHL season, they ran uh, analytics for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you had to guess, one team topped all three metrics. The only team to hold the same spot in all three categories, well, on all three websites. Can you guess who it is? And if you can't, I'm, I'm going to be a little upset, but I'll, I'll give you some time here. Okay, you had 15 seconds. Final answers in. Go ahead and, I don't know, say it out into the ether. I'm not, I'm not with you. I, I, I won't know. But be honest. Did you get it? You, you have your answer. Was it the Carolina Hurricanes? Because if it wasn't, I honestly don't know what you're doing here. Why? No, it, it was the Edmonton Oilers. I just really want to talk about it. Of course, it was the Carolina Hurricanes who led with, and this is, this is a little in the weeds, if I'm going to be quite honest, but who led in all three of the uh, social media sites. And important here was engagements. So they didn't post the most. In fact, in most cases, they were, you know, posted not a lot. And they didn't get the most impressions. Um, actually, on Twitter, they're quite close to the most impressions. They're, they're thought in impressions. But their engagement rate, Who anyone who works in sh- social media or who tries to sell something on social media or just generally pays attention to commerce on social media can tell you that engagement rates are everything. Engagement rates are everything. Most of the time, the algorithm, the, you know, the magical algorithm you hear a lot about, whether it's on TikTok where you hear about it the most, but also there's an algorithm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That algorithm depends a lot on engagement rates. And the higher your engagement rate, the more it's going to push your content because it assumes that people are liking your content if they're engaging. So it was nice to see Carolina at the top. You know, we might not have the biggest market in the world. We might not have the most uh, the most fans in the league, even though, you know, give us a few years, we'll get there. But our fans are loyal. Our fans are active. Our fans are, you know, ride or die, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better expression. We're here. We're loud. Get used to it. And then we'll wrap up this episode with a preview of tonight's game. The Carolina Hurricanes will take on the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado, so at Bell Arena. And when you look at the you know overall records of the team, it's they're very similar. So Colorado has played two less games with, than us, with a record of seven four and one. 
we have played two games more than them with a record of 9, 4, and 1. So, you know, give or take a few games, it's the same record. And importantly here, you might want to keep an eye on Nathan McKinnon. Um, you also don't want to give any penalties away. Um, Colorado is currently leading the league at 40% conversion on the power play. Though penalty kill isn't great, it's 30th in the league. But it's also not much worse than ours, uh, which is 20th in the league. Ultimately, this game is going to be decided by scoring. And I know what you're thinking. But Colin, all games are decided by scoring. That's how we decide who wins. And yes, I get that. But that's also not what I mean. Is Carolina going to be able to hold back uh, Nathan McKinnon, who already has 19 points in 12 games? What about Miko Rantanen, who also has 19 points in just 12 games? realistically here you would have to shut down both of them which is easier said than done and then Andre Svechnikov is going to have to continue to be a BAMF Sebastian Alho is going to have to remember that he is the star of this team and Martin Natchez will have to continue his revenge tour not to mention the scoring depth that we will need and hopefully didn't waste last night against the Edmonton Oilers you know Jordan Stahl getting a greasy goal Jesper Fast beating a goalie who should have been in the crease or Jordan Martin just Giving it all to get into the back of the net. We need plays like that. But ultimately, if you want to hear all of the storylines you should keep your eyes on going into tonight's game, check my Substack. Uh, there's going to be a link on all of our social media pages, or you can check the link tree link down below. That was a mouthful. But sadly, that is the end of this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Please follow me everywhere uh, at Colin Home Ice on Twitter. And, of course, we still have our Instagram and Facebook pages. Uh, there's a link down below to all of our social media through our link tree. There is several links down below you should just look at. Uh, please consider adopting a pet from the Wake County Animal Center. I really don't like that it's overcrowded. But, you know, this is a hockey podcast, so let's move on. Go read our Substack. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Share it with all of your friends. I don't have to say this every episode. You guys know what to do. You're already awesome, and I'm incredibly thankful. Go Canes. I'll see you on Wednesday.